Friends and family, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Our good news story this week focuses on Crochet Kids International. That's Crochet Kids, both words spelled with K's. Their website is crochetkids.com. This is a company that I have enjoyed for quite some time now. They have a pretty cool story. If you go on their website, you can read that in the About section. But really, it started with three buddies from Washington who basically got into crocheting. It started with one of the friends who learned crocheting, I believe, from his older brother, then showed a couple of his buddies, and they got into it. And they would make their own custom stocking caps, beanies, things like that. Other people started to notice, started to request orders. They started custom making them from people. And the name Crochet Kids came from a newspaper article or news article that was done about them. They wind up going to different schools, the three friends, and they're not doing as much crochet stuff together, but they're doing some traveling, specifically traveling to developing nations, impoverished areas, disenfranchised areas, and recognizing a need for so many different supports in those areas. And they eventually settled back into crocheting. And it really started with work in Uganda, where they start teaching people to crochet and setting things up where they can make quality products and earn a living wage for their work. That has continued to grow. They're in Peru as well. I think they may be affiliated in some other areas. Crochet Kids International dates back to 2007. And they've done a lot to empower people, especially women in some of these countries who haven't had opportunities to work and make living wages. I genuinely like their products. I'm in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Crochet Kids. It's just a company that I like and I do like their products. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, I'm wearing my favorite red beanie stocking cap right now. Which is an important thing for a bald man out in the world to have a nice collection of beanies. And I have a few different styles from Crochet Kids. I think I have a scarf from them that I like for the winter time. I buy a lot of gifts for people from Crochet Kids because I genuinely like their products. Their quality products from my perspective. And there's some other nice elements. For instance, 
there's a tag on each of the products that is signed by hand by the maker, by the person who crafted the item. And you can actually go on the website and there's some opportunities to see who some of these people are who are making these things. And you can even send some messages and stuff, which my kids and I have done. So I I like that aspect of it, that there's a little bit more of a personal connection to who's making the product. And I like that it's going to a good cause. I really love organizations and people who empower others. I'm for charity in many different forms, but I really gravitate to when when people are being empowered, when, when they're not just not just given something, which I think there's definitely a lot of appropriate times and places for that, to just give people a break, to just help them out with available resources. But I just really love a story when people are empowered through skills, through opportunities, when these people can make something and earn a wage for those things. That's amazing. And I also like Crochet Kids and companies like this because I I struggle with consumerism. I don't think it's bad to buy things and I don't think it's necessarily bad to enjoy the tangible things in our lives. I have so much stuff in my life that I really don't need and I try to be a little bit a little more minimal with the things that I own and the things that I buy. I try to make sure that I get some enjoyment, some pleasure from the things that I do own. But I, I'm always I'm always a little bit torn, really anytime I'm buying products because I don't know necessarily where those all of those products are coming from. I don't know the working conditions of the people manufacturing them. I try to be conscious and conscientious, conscientious about how I'm spending my money. So I just feel a lot better ethically, morally, when I can buy products and know that part of my money is helping, is helping someone. And I have a little better idea of who is making the product and maybe a little bit about their working conditions. That just makes me feel a little bit better about my purchases. It's one of the reasons that I give Crochet Kids 
items as gifts because I do like buying stuff and giving people gifts. And it makes me feel even better when it's maybe helping someone else on the front end of that too. And I do, I'll admit, I like style to a point. I like to have my own personal style. I like to have my own vibe. So I I do like to pick up especially clothing and things like that. But I want to have a connection to it. So yes, I, I love my red beanie because it is soft and it is warm on my bald head. But I also have a little bit of pride in it that I know it's from an organization that seems to value things that I value and seems to be doing a lot of good. So check out Crochet Kids International at crochetkids.com. This is Family Time 79, and we're talking about our emotions. In our social-emotional learning competencies, we're circling back to self-awareness. And emotional awareness is such a key component of our entire self-awareness. When we do all this social-emotional learning, it really boils down to emotional intelligence, which is something that is trainable, that is adaptable. It's an area that we can work on. We can improve our own emotional intelligence. And it impacts every aspect of our lives. And it's so closely related to success in any endeavor. In order for us to impact our emotional intelligence, we need to be aware of our emotions. We need to consider the situations that typically elicit emotional responses from us. That's what I'm having you do this week, having my students do this week, is pick out some things, some scenarios, some situations, that typically elicit an emotional reaction from you. Then I want you to think about how does your emotional reaction impact your behavior. We're going to talk in class specifically about how your emotional state impacts your learning. But I want you to consider how it impacts your behavior in general. I know that my emotional state definitely impacts my behavior. That's true of everyone. But I think, for instance, if I'm upset about something, I'm not, if I'm not feeling primed, I'm not feeling my best, I'm not feeling optimal, I will tend to shut down a little bit in terms of my external interactions. 
I don't typically tend to shut down with what I'm doing, shut down with my tasks or those sorts of things. It's more the opposite. I tend to block out everything else so that I can go inside and really focus what I'm doing or really throw myself into an actual physical task. But I have to be aware of that because that can cause strain on other situations. I've always said to, even when I was young, if something was bothering me, if I was upset, even if I was just worn down emotionally, to just not really say anything, to just be quiet. That's something people close to me, I think, have always noticed. I remember my mom noticing it when I was young, and I would just kind of be quiet and keep to myself. She knew something was up. I think my friends to this day notice it, and we'll point it out. Say, hey, everything good? You were pretty quiet today. And sometimes, it's more often than not, it isn't anything significant. I shouldn't say significant, but, but nothing that's life-altering in that moment or anything traumatic. It's just how I'm feeling, and I, I tend to then just turtle up a little bit, pull in my shell. And that's not that I don't want to include anyone or anything like that either. It just tends to be how I react, how my behavior is impacted by my emotional reaction. But I can think of times that's been challenging for others in my life. When I was dealing with all of my physical health issues, that carries an emotional weight as well. Dealing with physical health problems is emotionally draining. And I really had to, or I thought I had to, go into my own headspace. And usually when I face a challenge, it's not so much about being inactive, but it's it's almost like I feel I need to cut out any other distractions or anything that isn't helping me specifically face the challenge I'm trying to face or overcome the obstacle in my path. But that makes it hard. I think for a long time when I was dealing with those physical health issues, I was shutting out a lot of people. Part of that was, I didn't really want to talk about it, the health issues. I didn't want it to be central to who I was or how people perceived me. And I also wanted to fight back against the thing. And my mindset sometimes is when I'm fighting back against something is I've got to sort of harden up and I've got to be a little ruthless with whatever the obstacle is. That sometimes means 
I'm not giving attention to other things or to other people, even though that's important. So that's the sort of analysis I want us doing this week. How do we react? What is our behavior when we are in an emotional state? I tend to be quiet and cut off other things. That's not always ideal. I can appreciate that there are some components of that that have been beneficial for me and some components of that that have maybe made my struggles last a little longer because I haven't brought in other people or haven't sought help. And I'm certain that sometimes my reaction has been difficult for other people. On the flip side of that, I want us thinking about the things that we do that tend to elicit positive emotional reactions from us. Because our emotional reactions aren't all negative, hopefully. So I can think of things that always seem to put me in a good mood. Some of those things are very simple. Exercise. Exercise is very, very important to my mental state. I enjoy doing it, but I'm also keenly aware that I just feel better when I'm regularly exercising. I feel better physically, but my emotional state is very much impacted by whether or not I'm working out. I feel great after I get a good workout in, and those tend to be the days if I'm working out first thing in the morning that I do have just more energy and more positivity and more patience throughout the day. That impacts my emotional state. I also think of things that sometimes can be impact my emotional state positively or negatively. I think a lot of interactions that I have with my children and with my students and athletes. When we care about other people, sometimes we kind of go with them emotionally. There are times where I'm coaching teenagers and when they're struggling and not having some success, I'll get a little down and I'll get a little frustrated and I'll sometimes wonder to myself if it's, if it's totally healthy for a man in his mid-30s to attach some of his emotions to the athletic performance of teenagers. And I don't mean that. I, I don't let those things ruin my day or things like that. But when I spend a lot of time with a student, with an athlete, with my own kids in there, it doesn't, it's not just athletics. It could be in the classroom, anything. And I see them struggling, my heart goes out and I want to do better for them. I want to help them overcome their obstacles. And on the flip side, when they have successes, I am excited. 
those things light me up and I enjoy them. It's part of why I love teaching and coaching and doing things like this because there is an emotional attachment to those things. That's it for this week. Spend a little time thinking about your emotions. And right now, we don't even need to try to do anything to alter our behaviors that are associated with our emotional reactions. But the start of emotional intelligence is emotional awareness. And we have to be aware of the situations and circumstances and occurrences that tend to impact our emotional state. And then we have to start asking questions about when my emotions are this way or this way, how am I presenting that outwardly? How does it impact my behavior? Are some of those behaviors negative, hurtful to me, to others? Spend a little time this week thinking about emotions. Much love. My blog post for this week is Life on the Line. And I'm talking about offensive line and defensive line play in football. I was an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman through my entire playing career, middle school, high school, and college. Since then, I have coached offensive and defensive linemen. I know that football isn't for everyone. It is a game that is physical, that can be violent, that does carry some inherent risks. And it's fine. It's not for everyone. But it is something that I love, I have a deep connection with, and I particularly love offensive and defensive line play. From the time I was a kid, before I really knew much of anything about football, I was pretty certain I wanted to be a lineman. I remember reading a book when I was a kid. I don't remember a lot of the details. I think it was a Matt Christopher book. One about, something about a tackle. He had a couple books that dealt with Someone playing offensive tackle. I just remember in the book, the protagonist doesn't initially want to play offensive tackle. And I really, I didn't grow up in a sports family. I didn't really know a lot about football. I didn't play organized football until I was in eighth grade. But I remember thinking, what? That sounds pretty good to me. A lot of kids want to play quarterback or running back or wide receiver. They want to score touchdowns. They want the attention. They want to hear the roar of the crowd. And I thought, I want to be the guy who gets to run into somebody else on every play. I, I want to get in there and hit. I just like the physicality of football. I like the physicality of contact sports, 
of sports that just require a very physical element. Martial arts, football, those, those sorts of things. Again, they're not for everyone, but I gravitate toward that. I like it. I get a lot out of those things. So when I started playing football, I was a lineman. Even though I spent really all of my football career as a, an undersized lineman, I love what that entails, the physical struggle of it, and the technique of line play. So in the blog post, I write about that a little bit, and just about some of the lessons I've learned, some of the the little sayings, the little adages and axioms that I use for my athletes that I think apply to not only line play, but life. So the first is bring the fight. That's something I say a lot. And for me, playing up front, being a lineman, is a lot about just initiating what's happening. When we're on offense, we're trying to move forward, to change the line, to let the running back progress or to protect the quarterback, whatever it might be. But we want to bring the fight. We don't want to be reacting to what everyone else is doing. We want to initiate the thing. On defense, it's just the flip side. We want to be attacking so we're not moving backwards. It's really about just initiating what we want to happen. So often in life, we just let life happen to us. We just go with the flow. We fall into the inertia of living. We have to bring the fight. We have to be the ones deciding what's going to happen. Instead of life happening to us, we should happen to life. And all these principles tie in very closely because our next one is dictate, don't react. As linemen, we always want to be dictating what's happening. We make adjustments throughout a game based on what the other team is showing us, what they're doing. But we don't change our game plan. We don't abandon what we do. If I'm an offensive lineman and the defensive lineman is trying to slant across me, the best way to stop that is to be the first one making contact, to lock the guy up, to run through that defensive lineman and dictate what happens, to neutralize it. If I'm on defense and the offensive lineman is trying to reach block me, he's trying to get his head in front of me, he's trying to position himself in front of me, the best way to beat that is to make that first contact and to press and to stay in front of the block Again, to dictate what's happening. We want the other guy struggling to do what he's trying to do. 
we don't want to be hopping up in our stance and trying to read what's happening. We want to decide what's happening. That's another valuable thing we can do in life. Instead of just always being in a state of reacting. That it's this thing comes along and I have to react to this and i got to put out this fire and I've got this next obligation. To start taking a little ownership for what happens in our lives. To stop reacting to everything and to start dictating. To start demanding things for ourselves. Then it's about changing the line. That's the next principle. I've already said it once while talking now, but change the line. That's that's the basis of what we do up front. Offensive and defensive line play isn't overly complicated. In terms of its base job, there is a lot of technique involved there. There's a lot of training demanded of the positions. But at its base level, we're changing the line of scrimmage. Especially when we're talking about running the football and stopping the run. It's about, it's tug of war in reverse. We're trying to take the guy across from us. We're trying to move him backwards. If we're on offense, we're trying to push him so we can gain yards. On defense, we're pushing back against the offense so they can't gain yards. We're trying to change the line. And that's, when I work with young linemen, that's most of our focus, is get off the ball, get into the other guy, run your feet, stay on him, change the line, change the line of scrimmage. Push it back. If we can do that, we're on the right track. Because in football, we only get credit for forward and backwards. Running back can run side to side 40 yards, but if they only go two yards forward, it's a two-yard run. So we want to be pushing our guys down the field. We want to be changing the line of scrimmage. If we can do that, then we can start to do other things. Then we can build off of that. But the first thing is change the line of scrimmage. If we're not able to change the line of scrimmage, there's really not much point in adding a bunch of other stuff. We've got to start with the foundation. And that's the foundation of success for anything we want in life. Is we've just got to move forward. We've got to push and push and put in the effort. And go hard to change the line. And there's sometimes the line might not change very much. That might be frustrating. In life, we often want our goals and dreams and successes to be the result of some big, broad, sweeping action. But that's rarely the case. More often than not, it is quiet, toil, pushing forward, One step at a time. That's changing the line. And if we do that enough, we change the line and change the line and change the line, we will eventually break some big plays. 
will bust that 80-yard touchdown run. In life, we'll have that big break. But we'll be ready for it because we've continually changed the line. And even if it doesn't seem like we get that big play, if we keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, at the end of the game, we get to add up all the yards we've run. And with our dreams and goals, we get that accumulation of those small progresses. That's changing the line. Next, we have to press. A lot of times, I'll just say that word press. And that really means pushing back into what the other person is trying to do. If we're offensive linemen, that often means pressing into the defensive linemen, trying to square them up so that we can control them, so that we can control their hips, we can get in the correct position, so that we can create the running lanes. On defense, it's feeling the pressure from the block. If an offensive lineman is down blocking, which is an advantageous angle for the offensive lineman, he's trying to, to press me down, I'm already away from where the ball is going, I need to press back into that block. I can't be satisfied to just move where he wants me to move. I have to engage that lineman and press back into him. That's how we shut things down on defense. That's how we create the correct lanes on offense. It's pressing back into the other guy. Pushing into the pressure, feeling it, and not only resisting, but pressing back into it purposefully. It's the same in life. We are always going to have forces pushing against us. Obligations. Challenges. We're going to have people in our lives who press back against us who either consciously or subconsciously don't really want us to succeed, don't really want us to change our situation, our position in life. And the only way to get where we need to get, where we want to get, is by pushing back into those things, is feeling that pressure that's on us, and standing up against it, and pushing back into it, and fighting back against that. So much of success in life is swimming upstream against the current. And that's pressing. The last thing, the last component, the last central idea of line play that I talked about, and I I rattle off many more when I'm talking with my athletes. But the last thing is finish. I say that so many times. Finish. When we're on offense, our goal is to take the other guy, drive him 10 yards downfield, and put him on his back. When we're on defense, it's about 
continuing to play to the whistle and rallying all 11 guys at the football. We want to finish plays. We don't want to be spectators. Even if in a given play, things don't go perfectly, if we wind up out of position, we have total control over our effort. So that's what we want to control. And finish is really just about making sure we give maximum effort to the whistle until the play is done, until the job is done. That's pretty big key to success in all things. It's just finish. It's easy for us to start things. That's why we start so many things that we don't finish because finishing is hard. Starting is exciting, it's fun, it's something new. Finishing is hard. We quit a lot of things because quitting is easy. That's why quitting is appealing. Finishing is hard. But it's necessary. Even if everything seems to go wrong, it's play after play and things aren't going right and we seem to be losing our one-on-one battles, our one-on-one matchups. For losing games. Still about finishing. We see it through. In life, even when things aren't going well, it's about finishing the job. And if we do that enough, things turn out. And even if they don't go the way that we wanted them to, we at least know We did all that we could with the time and the resources we had. So this week, whether you like football, maybe you have no interest in it, maybe you don't like it, maybe you're opposed to it, but there's a lot of good in life that can come from bringing the fight, dictating what's happening in your life, changing the line, pressing, and finishing. This week's episode is brought to you by Ego Sandwich, the hottest new band to come out of the Eastern Delaware underground punk scene. Check out their new album, Ego Sandwich with Cheese. Any similarity to bands, albums, or an Eastern Delaware underground punk scene is purely coincidental. Now, from me to you, thank you so much again for joining me this week, for listening or watching along. We talk a lot about social-emotional learning in these podcasts and this really is sort of a it's part of my social emotional learning it's part of my mental health process starting from the top we do the good news segments every week because i like 
finding organizations and people who are trying to do positive things in the world. I know I've quoted it before, I will quote it many more times, but it's the Fred Rogers idea of looking for the helpers, for the people who are trying to do good when there are challenges, when there are hardship. And it's so easy for us to see the ugliness in the world and see the division and see all the problems we have. And something that makes me feel a little better about life is finding the helpers, the people who are doing good. This week we talked about Crochet Kids, which is... An organization I enjoy. I like their products. I like their mission. Let's check them out. We talked about, for family time, our self-awareness is focused on emotions. The things that positively and negatively impact our emotional state. And how our emotions then impact our behaviors. And how our behaviors impact our lives and the lives of others. That's really the sequence. And that's really the start of emotional intelligence. So spend a little time this week thinking about your emotions. The things that impact your emotions and how your emotions impact your behaviors. My blog post was Life on the Line where I talk about football, but specifically life lessons I've learned from specifically playing offensive line and defensive line in football and then coaching it after that. Sometimes, maybe even the focus I have on sports athletics can seem juvenile or unimportant to some, but I've really gained a lot in my life because of those experiences. So, we all could benefit from finding those things in our lives. If you don't have something like that in your life, an activity, a hobby, a passion you can throw yourself into and find some powerful life lessons, I suggest trying to explore some things and do some of that. And even if you don't like football, I think there are lessons to be learned just about dictating what we want in life, not letting others not letting others tell us who we are or who we should be or what we can achieve in life, but deciding for ourselves. And seeing those things through. Making small progress and finishing the job. Beyond that, thank you so much for checking in. As always, you can connect with any of the media stuff that I'm doing. Podcast stuff, even just silly stuff. I post on social media. Anything to do with my book, which going to be putting some more stuff out with. Please feel free to reach out on the socials. It's Luke Nielsen Media and pretty much everything. LukeNielsen.com. Feel free to reach out there. 
LukeNielsenMedia at Gmail if you want to send an email. I would love to hear from some people who are interacting with this, like to make this a little bit more interactive, so please feel free to reach out. Until next time, love yourself, love each other, love the fight.